The Courageous Coaching Podcast is hosted by Sophia Antoine, a certified life coach supporting women in their efforts to improve their self-esteem. Today, we're talking about life, relationships, and everything in between. Take it away, Sophia. Welcome to another episode of the Courageous Coaching Podcast. As you know, my name is Sophia Antoine, and I'm your certified life and relationship coach. What I do is encourage women to work through their past emotional pain and stop being people pleasers. Today, I have the great honor of having Julia Royston here with me, as well as Shannon Griffin. They are here to talk about the book, The Smell of Poverty. And ladies, I'm so glad you're here. Well, Shannon, we spoke a little bit previously so I am going to allow Julia to introduce herself because my audience knows you all too well. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Sophia. And hi, Shannon. Hi. And hello, everybody else. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So I'm Julia Royston of BK Royston Publishing, um, mostly known as the message motivator, motivating you to be all that you can be, helping you get your message to the masses, turn your words into well through writing and publishing and promotion. So um, BK Royston Publishing is here to really help you um, write your story, get your story out there. And I'm excited and over the top ecstatic to be here um, this evening with Sophia and Shannon. And we're excited to tell you about a, a new project that we have out. But even before getting to the project, I want to encourage each and every one who will see it live or on the replay, please, please, please tell your story. There is somebody out there who needs to hear your story, who needs to be encouraged by it. And even if you're telling your story, and I, and I find this, sometimes people say, well, my story's not perfect, or my story has some flaws in it, or I made some mistakes and it didn't turn out so good. That's great because that makes you real. That makes you authentic. And there's somebody else whose story didn't turn out great, whose story is, is they're working their way through it or they're having a struggle or they're having a problem. I can't um, move through my struggle if I feel like I'm all by myself. But if somebody else is willing to tell their story, willing to help somebody else, we can lock arms and go through this thing called life together so that we can be all that we were designed to be put on this earth to be, created and destined to be. There's a gift, there's a talent, there's an ability. There's something that only you can do when you do like you do, when you do it, when you do it, only you can do that thing and the world needs to know about it. So that's in a nutshell, what I do is help people get the gifts that are in them out and especially through writing and publishing. Awesome. Julia, oh, that was an amazing introduction. But let me ask you, because this thing about imperfect stories, that just touched my soul. Everybody thinks you have to have something perfect to put out. In regards to that, would you say that imperfect stories are the ones that touch us the deepest? Touches the deepest and make the most sense because everything we, a lot of things, I won't say everything, but a lot of things that we go through, one, doesn't make sense. And usually what happens is the thing that is designed to really dampen us and really freeze us like a deer in headlights and keep us from moving forward is that we're in it alone. And that even if we made the mistake, we're the only one and, and the shame and the condemnation and all the, the other that is there, not only, it doesn't help us move forward. It just 
puts us in a closet, holds us in a box so that we don't move forward. But if we know that somebody else has had the same issue or somebody else has gone through the same problem and somebody else made the same mistake or trusted the wrong person or went through the wrong door or took the wrong job and how they were delivered and how they got out of it, then it makes life a whole lot easier. That perfect I'm always a little skeptical when everything's working perfectly and everything's just all lined up and they made all the best decisions and they're making all the millions of dollars and they've never been broke and they've never been hungry and they never dated the bad guy and they never, you know, trusted the wrong friend and they've never been stabbed in the back. I'm a little leery. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just not, um, who I'm just like, Ooh, wow. That's a life I don't understand. And I, haven't been there, so exactly. congratulations. <laughs> exactly. So in participating um, in the book with Shannon, was that what appealed to you? Was the opportunity to tell your imperfect story? Well, my story is a little bit different than okay. everybody else in the book, and, and I'll go ahead and go there. Um, the smell of poverty is something that um, is an anthology, and thank you, Shannon, for bringing it to BK Royston Publishing, and we're honored and privileged and humbled to, to present it to the world. But one of the biggest things is that I wasn't necessarily personally raised in poverty. I was raised to a very hardworking family, so it's not the silver spoon. No, none of that. We worked. I worked since I was like nine years old in my father's business, and he was a school teacher in the day, and then we had a cleaning service at night. But what appealed to me to this story is I've spent the past 22 years in education. And I do, as some of, most of you know, some of you may not know, I retired this July 1st coming up. So I only have like woo, two or three months left to go before I'm uh, retired. But the past, the first 10 years in education, I was in a private Catholic all-girls high school. So there was a range of the silver spoons to, you know, um, to all the gamuts of uh, socioeconomic status. Now, but the past 12 years, I have been in public elementary school. And this public school is what's considered a Title I school. And um, my school is ranges anywhere from 88 to 94% free and reduced lunch. So that means every student in my school um, re receives free breakfast, and free lunch. They also do not pay for field trips or anything of that nature. And we have basically a complete clothes closet that we can dress or provide for the children inside and out. So that appealed to me telling the poverty story of what I've seen and experienced and really helped support because most of the teachers in my school um, have given in some kind of way. We give them uh, graham crackers on the way out the door. We do blessings in a backpack where they take food home on the weekends. Um, we've seen kids with the soles of their shoes coming off and we put our money together to get them a pair of shoes. I mean, coats, underwear, t-shirts, socks, shoes. We, you know, as they say, from the rooters to the tutor, we help children. So that really, that was an eye-opening experience for me to see that up close and personal. And not only Poverty does have a smell. It definitely has a smell. And in my classroom, I'm the computer technology teacher. So it's every, I see every student every week. So there, I'm an itinerant teacher. So they come to me usually once a week, some classes twice, but 
once a week. And because I don't have a, because, you know, everybody's dealing with the, you know, nasty fingers, I make sure that I give each child a squirt of hand sanitizer as they come in the door. So when they do that, I'm able to see every child from head to toe. I miss things. I get things that the teacher actually misses, uh, who sees them every single solitary day. So I can look and I smell children, everyone who comes in my door. So it has been, the smell of poverty was a real place for me from my experience being in that elementary school for 12 years. I've seen it. And then I've met the parents and some of the mentality that goes along with it. So the smell of poverty clearly has a smell. It, it gives off a scent, but it also has a mindset as well. So um, that's really kind of my affinity for it. It's a tribute to the children that um, some that are just victims, they're just total victims because they're underage, they're 10 or younger. They're, you know, just a victim of circumstance. And, you know, trying to teach past that, trying to encourage past that, and more than anything else, trying to see past where they currently um, are located and the situation. It's a lot. It's uphill battle. It's, it's a lot. Wow, that was um, a very visual description of the title of the book from your perspective. Now, Shannon, when Julia just described that, is that sort of what you had in mind when you came up with the title of this anthology? You know, the, the title came, I was broadcasting, because I'll go live, and I was talking and I was sharing with everyone about um, my own personal journey. And when I was going, doing the Survive and Thrive for cancer survivors, and I shared with sponsors about what I went through and why I do what I do. And even despite, you know, going through cancer and chemo and radiation, I still continue to come and give because that's the field I'm in. I'm in the field of social work. I've been in nonprofit for over 20 years. So I've been serving families and people, you know, in different communities for a long time. So despite having cancer, I kept moving and kept providing it. So I shared about how growing up and being born in poverty, that's all I knew. And I knew poverty and I knew, and now when I work with clients, I smell it and I've smelled it with family members. I've smelled it with people and clients that come in and over the period of years, I've smelled it, but I've never expressed it and, you know, kind of put it out there. Every now and then I would talk to people and I would say, you know, poverty has a smell and I've smelled it before. And, and I, I'm kind of the type, I, I look at patterns. So I, I, I sit back and, and watch because I see everything. And I, I sit and I watch things and I pay attention to certain things that I notice and I notice that smell. And I said, you know what? That's a poverty smell and I know exactly where it came from because I knew it and I smelled it. So when I was live and I talked about it and I said, you know, poverty has a smell and then people started chiming in and I said, okay, let's do a book called The Smell of Poverty. And it just went and bloomed after that. It snowballed from there. Yes, it did. Absolutely, that's, that's great. Um, well, I mean, you guys are so descriptive and it seems like you're so passionate. So what do you want, Julia, the women that read this? Because mostly I, I think this book will appeal to women because there are mostly women in there and one male, if I remember correctly, Shannon, please correct me if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong. Yes. But um, what do you want them to draw from your story in particular? Because I know it touched me 
is because I, for a while, I was a single mother and I had my children in a Title I school before I was able to move out of that neighborhood because I got more education. But what do you want women to draw from this in particular? Because it seems that most of the time, right now, women set the tone for the homes and children are looking to the women as to where to go. Well, you know, it's it may seem cliche as well, first off, um, not only just my story, but the, all the 16 stories that are in this book are designed to encourage, first off, to let people know that they're not the only one. And um, some people may see themselves and understand that I've been in that same similar situation. I've seen that same thing. I've had that same smell. I had the same thing happen to me. And not only um, read the stories, but also look at the bios. That's where they started, but that's not where they ended. That's not where they are now. And I, more than anything else, I want people to be encouraged. I want people to know that it doesn't matter where you start. It's where you change your mindset to go. And that it's not hopeless. Um, because just because, and, and a lot of it has to do too with definitely your mindset, your attitude, your outlook, because even though you may be in a socioeconomic state, there are some people that have all the money in the world and still have a poverty mentality. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean, because I, I've seen both sides of it. I have seen people who, quote unquote, were living in the hood in the projects, and that was just a temporary situation. They could see past it, and they got out of it. And I met them since high school and since school and seen them out of it. It was just temporary. This is just where we are right now. We're not going to stay here. And they meant it. They didn't just talk it. They meant it and moved every heaven and earth to get out. And they did. And so a part of this book, there are people in this book that have moved heaven and air, earth, changed their life, changed their mind, and that was just a temporary status. And so for women, um, it is the year of the woman. Let's just be honest. Um, if we look at the news and everything going on, it is the year of the woman. It's always been the year of the woman, but it's really at the forefront right now with everything in the movies and everything that's going on now. So take advantage of that. You have to... Uh, draw a line in the sand or decide this is where you want to go. And you have to see it in your mind, even if the situation around you is not supporting that or not exemplifying that. You have to see it. Once you see it in your own mind, then you can start speaking it and then you can start moving forward. Because once you see it in your mind, you can start asking the correct questions, getting the information. And I find that more people are... You know, sometimes, sometimes, not all, but in the situation they're in, because they didn't ask questions. They didn't know that a Shannon Griffin was even out there who could help them and point them in the right direction and get them the resources that they need to get on their feet and move forward and go toward the thing that they saw in, in their mind. So encouragement, information, um, a roadmap, as it were, um, as far as, you know, seeing that somebody else could do it it's not a, a book that's designed to condemn anybody. It's not designed to blame game or anything like that and to make anyone feel bad because the people in this book have seen it and experienced it. So there's no blame over here. But it is a roadmap to say, 
it has a smell. We've all smelled it. We've seen it. We know what the mindset is, but you don't have to stay there. You don't have to be there. There are some ways, there's somebody, there's something, there's some program, there's some information that is out there for you to help you move to the next level and live your best life. It doesn't have to be mine. It's you live your best life. And I, I think that's a part of what I do, period, in my life is to help people, encourage people, inform people so that they can live their best life, not my life, not um, somebody else's life, because you have your one life to live and it should be your best life. And if you look around and you realize, I don't like it here. I don't like this. And you can change it. You can fix it. Awesome. Awesome. You can. Now, my question, my next question is for Shannon. I know why Julia appeals to me, but tell me what appealed to you about Julia, because for you to trust someone with a project as hefty and as, as precious as this, and I hope I'm, I'm explaining the gravity of it because it, it really touches me. How did you choose Julia? You know, that's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one, Julia has, um, since before, some time ago, it's been like two years, it seems like now. Mm-hmm. But Julia, um, when we, it was time for us to write our books, and when I was going through my whole chemo journey and cancer and knowing that I needed to write a book, and that was the plan anyway, to do a book and to share and to let people know about it. And then, you know, when, when Coach Danielle, we took her class on ebook writing, I was like, okay, because I've always wanted to write a book. But the thing is, is that that whole poverty mindset will jump on you like a flea. And it'd be somewhere you can't find it, and it'd be there. And like for next year, the book will be called the Embedded Poverty Code, because there's an poverty code that is embedded in us. Mm-hmm. So it was embedded, and that's why I speak of it, because it's embedded. And I said, well... I'm a sociology major. I'm not a writer. I don't write. I, you know, I create. That's what I do. I'm a creator. I create things. I have thoughts and I say things and then people go out there and, and write. I didn't take writing and all that stuff. You know, you did your stuff just to get through school and blah, blah, blah. So at the time, what happened is that I didn't think that writing was really my big thing, but I knew I needed to share my whole journey about the cancer and sharing definitely in the African-American community. And letting people know that it's not taboo. You need to hear about it. You need to know what it is, how you get through it. And my thing was how to get your life, how you get your life back after cancer. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get this book. And then it was like, Julia, she was, everybody was popping books off and book, 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 book. And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like double Dutch. I'm like, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to just rock it back and forth and get in there. So Life happened, stuff was going on. I wrote the book. I sent it to her. I was like, but it was some things that I still needed to put in. And apparently, you know, the fire was there, but it wasn't like, you know, I was like, okay, stuff is going on. So I had gave her and entrusted her with that book because she was there. And what appealed, uh, which is the actual question before we went off somewhere else. But the real question is what appealed is because Julia is very caring and she will walk you through to the other room, turn the light on for you, and then sit you down and say, you want some water? (laughs) (laughs) So 
it was that process. And that is more so like me. I'm the same way. And it was like, okay, I'm familiar with this smell. Right. This smell of caring, this smell of get it done. And I was familiar with it. And it was like, okay, I like that smell. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and so I said, okay, you know what? This one didn't happen yet. Mm -hmm. She has it already. But this one is ready to go. Let's move. Let's get this one done. And I said, okay. Hey, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. What are we going to do? You know, and, and that's what it is. I got people. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, let's get this done. And it was the season for it. Awesome. I love that story. I love that analogy. She walked you to the room. She turned <laughs> off the light because she didn't leave you in the dark. No. <laughs> the light on for you. She sat you down at the table. Asked you right. if you want some water. <laughs> you hungry, baby. Was you hungry? Right. <laughs> Let me feed you. Now sit down here and and write <laughs> this book. book. <laughs> so, oh are you comfortable? <laughs> now get to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, she's a gentle bully. Yeah. Okay, got you. Definitely. I was like, shoot, let's let's do it, and it and it felt it felt right. It felt yeah. right. Well, That's I like that. I like working with people where it feels right because. Needless to say, the vibe you get from someone can really make you want to either keep working with them or not. Exactly. Like, a lot of times we ignore that. We go on reputation. We go on the cost. And we totally disregard the vibe we get from someone. And I would have to say the same thing because in meeting Julia, um, both times that I did, I just know she's a very loving caring and talented person in so many aspects because the lady can sing <laughs> and, I, and I think that's what touched me well I said, she got an innermost talent <laughs> so now if she doesn't make you, you you cry with the words that she speaks she's gonna sing you and she's gonna lull you into a state where you just want to put out your best word so yeah. I am so blessed to have been in her presence the times that I was so I appreciate you for that, Julia. So thank you, thank you, sweetie. I appreciate you too as well. Love it, love it. Thank you. So thank tell thank the you. people where they can find you. If anyone who's listening wants to get what's in them out, how can they find you in order to do so? Well, um, my publishing company website is bkroystonpublishing.com. That's B is in boy, K is in king, Royston, R-O-Y-S-T-O-N Publishing all lowercase, dot com. So you can find me there. Or um, I'm on all social media. So I'm on Facebook, Julia Royston. I'm on Twitter, Julia A.K. Royston. I'm on Instagram, Juju Royston, or B.K. Royston Publishing. And Twitter is B.K. Royston Publishing, too, as well as um, those are the main ones where I am all the time, every single solitary day. So find me on social media. Um, follow me, Julia Royston Enterprises or BK Royston Publishing. I think I'm capped out on my friends, but you can always follow me on Julia Royston on Facebook. Now, um, to also get access to the Royston Writers Package, which is information on getting started, and um, you'll get access to me and on my list. Um, so you can do two, one of two things. One, you can get on my schedule and let's talk about your book, bit.ly forward slash 
Talk with Royston. That's T-A-L-K with W-I-T-H Royston, R-O-Y-S-T-O-N. All together, Talk with Royston or write it now. W-R-I-T-E-I-T now. So reach out to me, know how to find me. I do respond to instant message. I do uh, respond uh, when you reach out to me. And I enjoy helping people get their books out, not just the Smell of Poverty anthology, which I'm excited about all the things that are going to happen. It releases, it drops for everybody and for the world, April 15th. So look out for it. Uh, the Smell of Poverty. Be sure and follow Shannon, please. Shannon Griffin is going to go live. Woo! Yes, We're all going to go live April 15th. <laughs> you cannot miss Shannon. Shannon is always live somewhere. <laughs> Trust me, go find Shannon. Oh my gosh. So much <laughs> So, ladies, any closing thoughts? The, the floor is yours. Any closing thoughts? Because it's just important to me that women know that they have a story and there's someone out there that can be trusted to get it out. And I know Shannon, that you're going to be putting together another anthology pretty soon. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that's tell the poverty code. Yes. And actually for next year, uh, the poverty code, the, the poverty code uh, will be another part two of the smell of poverty. Cause I have authors who are in this one saying that they still have more to tell. So, you know, they're gearing up for that one. Uh, the, the next book I wanted to get out would be, hopefully I can get this one for uh, late fall, would be The Great Divide. And that's the one I spoke of about the divide in the African-American community as well as others. And it's, it's just a divide that is going on that we're, you know, it's kind of like this undercurrent. And it could go from, you know, dating outside of your race it goes from different people who've already shown interest that want to be able to share about that divide. So it's, and then what can we do about it? So it's always a resolution and you can tell me the issue, but what, what's your resolution? What do you have for it for that? So. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward. That, that's one of the important things is being able to have resolution because yeah. arguing and just talking continually over and over again is, you know, is just, Pointless. <laughs> and, um, but being able to um, not only have resolutions, but buy in to actually say, I'm going to take a direction and go in it. And I'm hoping and I'm very prayerful that the smell of poverty will help people do that. Um, and then also, I encourage uh, women as well to, if you know of a woman who may not be able to purchase the book, purchase the book for them or gift the ebook which is going to be 99 cents on April 15th. So, and I'm going to also be gifting uh, books to people as well. So they just need to provide the email address and, and we'll gift um, books on that day um, so that we can basically get the message out so that other people can um, support. So either you purchase the book for yourself as well as gift a book to someone else. I really encourage people to do that because a lot of times people say, well, I maybe cannot financially afford that. There's somebody else. Yeah. This is an important message so that you can help somebody else. So I really encourage you to be able to do that. Um, it's a message of hope. It's a message of encouragement, information. But also, as I stated before, it's a roadmap to help you know if it happened for these 16 people, it can happen for you too. 
Absolutely. And just to clarify, that's going to be an ebook on Amazon. It will be. It'll be. It's our. Um, it's available in in print and ebook on Amazon. Oh, yes. Okay. The Noble and Noble. Okay. Wonderful. Well, ladies, I thank you so much for being here on the Courageous Coaching Podcast. You guys have been amazing, and I cannot wait to pick up the book because, as well, I will be gifting books to people. Thank so you. With all of us together, we will make an impact. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate thank it. You. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. You guys take care. And I thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Courageous Coaching Podcast. Feel free to call in with comments and questions anytime. The number is 786-749-TLAK. That's 786-749-8255. Call us and let us know what is on your mind. Until we meet again, be courageous.